You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. There's nothing quite like a transformative experience to glue two friends together. Perhaps you've had one. One of my best friends and I both went through a breakup at the same time in our early 20s. We shared our heartbreak and we held each other together. We changed together. Kate Jones and Maddie Hose have a friendship like that. It's part of the magic that has made their podcast, Two Peas in a Podcast, so successful and why they've written a book called The Invisible Life of Us. Kate, Mandy, welcome to Feed, Play, Love. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. So, Kate, if I can start with you, the two of you have very unique similarities in your life experience. Can you tell us about them? Well, we obviously are both women <laughs> who live in <laughs> who live in the outer eastern suburbs of Melbourne. We were not friends up until about 15 years ago when we both joined the same online multiple birth forum and discovered that we both had twins that were going through a period of diagnosis and that we were both leaving um, a faith or religion that had been a really big part of our lives. And, yeah, that really just brought us together. Yeah, that, I don't think there are many people that have those similarities. Maybe maybe there's a Facebook group now. It's the <laughs> two Ps in the <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Um, so, Mandy, Kate was just mentioning there that um, you met on an online Facebook group for multiples, which I imagine you're going to gel with other parents who have multiples anyway, because that is a, a common experience you have. But even within that group, you were kind of a bit isolated, weren't you? Yeah, and I think in the beginning, um, I had my twins nine weeks prematurely, and then I found out that Kate had her boys prematurely as well. But even when I went to join the club in person, because you're allocated sort of clubs to where you live, I I remember arriving there and I was thinking, oh, there was term twins and there was people that hadn't really gone through the NICU special care journey. And I was like, oh, I need to find the twin mums that have sort of been through something like this. So then when I joined the online forum, I found there were sections. There was, you know, fraternal twins and identical twins and people that had babies in the nursery and NICU and then children, you know, twins or multiples with disabilities, either one or both. There was all sorts of things. There was school-age twins. And so you could find and meet people within those subcategories. And so I think that was really terrific. Kate, do you think the meeting changed your life? I think it did. Obviously, it really has. Um, we actually we went out for dinner and I didn't even want to go. I had a, a girlfriend, Mara, really nag me and I just thought, why will I want to be friends with these people just because we have twins and live in the same suburb? Because I, like Mandy, had also been to the local multiple birth group and I hadn't found anyone whose story sort of gelled with mine. Um, they were lovely, but it just we just didn't gel. And then, yeah, I met Mandy and the rest is history. Mandy, <laughs> um, how about you? Did, did it change the course of your life, do you think, that meeting? Yes. Um, I mean, I remember thinking when we met at the dinner 
firstly, Kate had three other children before she had her twins. So I was just like, well, <laughs> I, I had my twins. I had my twins first and I was just drowning. So how on earth could a woman be doing this with three other children? And then when she shared a little bit of her um, pregnancy story and then the fact that she'd had her boys um, early as well, and we both had them at Monash um, Hospital down here in Melbourne. So I think then we were like, oh, my gosh, like she she understands a little bit of what I went through leaving the babies in hospital. Um, Kate, you talk about loneliness in your book. What was it like before you met Mandy, before you started the podcast, before you kind of... Um, I guess started to grow this tribe of people who are connecting with yours and Mandy's story? Well, it was quite strange really because I had a beautiful bunch of friends, supportive people around me, but no one had been through um, an extremely stressful pregnancy, premature twins, was leaving a church. No one had done any of those things. I was only doing it. And so even though I knew they loved me, they couldn't quite understand what I was going through. And so I remember sitting at, you know, out at coffee or something and thinking, I'm here with all these people that I love, but I'm still lonely. So Manny and I would just chat and I wouldn't feel so lonely. And it was just because I was able to share, warts and all, the story of my life. And turns out that us chatting like that has made a whole lot of other people less lonely too. Mm, which is so fantastic. Mandy, Kate was just mentioning there how you both were leaving um, churches, organised religion, which had been a big part of your life. I imagine that you both would have had a lot of friends through the church. Did you lose some of those friends in leaving? I um, was very fortunate to have my friendships remain and I think looking back, because this was a long time ago now, it was I realised I had to work at still being friends with them because I was leaving where we would always hang out together. We would spend time together on Sundays. We would be in small groups during the week. So to to leave that, then, um, yeah, the, the natural places that we would get together, I wasn't doing anymore. So, But thankfully for me, um, I was in a book club with most of the women that are still my friends. So, But, of course, naturally there's people that I'm not really in contact with anymore, but it's a bit different for Kate. And um, so this is speaking from someone with no religious background, so excuse the ignorance, um, but were you both such potty mouths while you were part of the church? <laughs> <laughs> was <it>? No. <laughs> that was That came after. <laughs> Yes, there's not a lot of potty mouth <laughs> worship leaders, I don't think. <laughs> there should be. We weren't even allowed to say, oh, you know, I had to say, oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. Goodness you me. can't take the like Lord's name. Up, you can't say, oh, no. Mm-hmm. So there was all sorts of that stuff. So swearing was a big deal. Mm. Mm. Ladies, both of you with your twins had special needs and I can imagine for each of you in your own way that's a really difficult process to go through finding a diagnosis working out how to support them um I'm wondering if as well with your friendship if you found that you got the support and almost like the spiritual support that you may have found in your faith or in your church did you then have to look for that in your friendships and particularly the friendship with each other because you both understood so well what the other was going through? 
Um, I think so. And I think for me, leaving the church, I really left all my friends behind. I think I've got two that stay in touch with me. So I realised that a lot of what I'd actually really enjoyed at church was the small groups and the chatting to other women, like in prayer group or whatever. And then I realised that I was actually able to get some of that from Mandy and from our other twin mums because we had a whole group of us, about five of us, who all went through different diagnosis, cancer, all sorts of things in that group. You couldn't believe it if we wrote it all down. Mm. And so I realised that there was this unbelievable strength and sense of belonging just from being with a group of people. And this sounds very strange, but people who'd been through pain and suffering and mm, yeah. and still had joy. So that weirdly gave us this support that we had otherwise had at church. But now we are drawn to people who have been through life and had some, I suppose, unfortunate things happen to them, they're our people. I, I really noticed that I was looking for people that sort of had, this sounds really um, negative, but I was looking for people that had some sort of pain mm. because, and I was like, okay, I can spot I can spot it in people's eyes or the, the way they're behaving. Mm. And I was like, I understand. Even if it's a totally different scenario to mine, I can see now mm. and I hadn't ever experienced that before. Well, it's, it, it's as I was saying before, I think, if I could say this, because I haven't been through an experience like that, but it's it's what changes you. And once you're changed, yes. it's being able to connect with others that have changed in a similar way. Like you're on a different path in a way, do you think? Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. And I think it gives you strength mm. to walk away from, like it's it's cultural. It's like being a part of the Labor Party, passionate, handing out flyers at elections, and then saying, oh, no, 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 I'm actually going to follow Pauline Hanson. <laughs> That's what it's like. <laughs> it is. It's like that. <laughs> quite, quite an interesting analogy there, Kate. <laughs> well... <laughs> That's what makes us so relatable. <laughs> Obviously, your book goes into more of the experiences you guys shared together, so we won't give away too much of that. But mm-hmm. I am fascinated with your podcast and the vocabulary that you've developed over time. <laughs> so those of us who are uninitiated, you have a glossary, yes. and I just yes. think it's it's too special not to mention here. So can we just go through a few of your terms? Sure. What's a P? Well, a P is a parent of a child or children with a disability or additional needs. So parent or a carer or primary person in that person, in those children's lives. And what's a P shoot? And a P shoot is the child who has the disability or additional need. What or who is, is the outer <laughs> rectum? <laughs> I think it's our favourite phrase. It's our favourite. So... We an outer rectum is someone who has no empathy towards peas, pea shoots, or anyone living with a disability or an additional need. That's who an outer rectum is. But some of our rectums we love. <laughs> <laughs> so they self-identified rectums will come up to us in the street and say, "Oh, hi, my name's Sarah, and I'm a rectum," um, and that is also a term of endearment. <laughs> oh, we had a. 
We had a listener email us and say, what do we call the people that say horrible things to us and our children? Um, are we out of rectums? And then we read that out and then everyone lost their minds and that became <laughs> yep. a huge part of the podcast. The terminology, we, I think we said peas and everybody else named everything yep. else. So yep. it's been so fun. Yep. Oh, well, we haven't finished yet. Don't, don't wind <laughs> me up now, Mandy. Um, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Keep going. Okay, so who is a professional? A professional is, yeah, a therapist or a doctor or a nurse that or a teacher. Well, teachers are peaches. So, yeah, it's someone medical. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, because I only asked that, that was quite obvious, but I think you need to explain what a professional is. <laughs> <laughs> That's our gorgeous doctor from the Royal Children's Hospital that listens to us and he uh, emails us and calls himself the professional because he's in the outer rectum and he got a T-shirt printed with a rectum on the front and came to our live show. (laughs) Gorgeous. He's an intensive care doctor. I think he works up in NICU at the Royal Children's and he has been such a great support. Lovely supporter, yeah. 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 And well, at least he—it's self-named professional. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You love definitely. him too much to call him a professional, <laughs> but I guess <laughs> if he's if he's given himself that name, what can you say? Exactly. No, he's proud. He writes it on the bottom of his email. Yeah, he changes. Yeah, he changes his signature to he us. Changes it. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Look, final question. Um, can you give any of us on the outer rectum? <laughs> <laughs> some tips on how not to be an asshole, mm. which you would think is very obvious, but let's just say it's not. Yep. What are the main things, parents and carers, who where I kind of feel like we're all in this together, mm-hmm. and it, I I do believe that we should all be supporting each other. Um, so how mm. can those of us on the outer rectum be more supportive and understanding of our fellow parents who are Well, for starters, you can include them. So there's a lot of social exclusion that happens in coffee shops and um, playgrounds around Australia. And I know it's not meant to happen, but it does happen. So take, for example, you've got a child who's not neurotypical and who won't just sit quietly in the sandpit and you're running after that child the whole time you're there. You may miss out on the coffee invitation or find out what's happening at the next movie night with all the other parents. So it's really important, I think, to just send a message to that person and say, I don't know if you heard, but we're going out for coffee next week. And I think that that is the greatest gift that then gets passed on to children because a lot of our little pea shoots get left out of a lot of things too and don't get invited to parties. So just include us because we're amazing, awesome people and you're going to love us. How could they not? Mandy, do you have anything you'd like to add to that? I was going to talk about parties. Make it a priority when you're having Mm. a children's party to think about inviting our patients Mm -hmm. and then saying to the parents, I really, we we love your little set of twins to come to our party. We know we're doing roller skating and that might be a bit tricky, but we really want to include you. And how could we how could we make that work for you? Mm. Um, and not just ignoring those children with physical disabilities and not inviting mm. them. I mean, I spent a lot of time up in the tunnels 
of play centres, moving my children's legs to get them to be able to participate with other mm. people in their parties. And not, there's no bigger thrill than having an invitation no. on a fridge when you've never had yeah. one. And it makes oh. the whole family so happy. Oh. And we show people, we show grandma, look, we've been invited to a party yeah. because that's how often we don't yeah. get invited. So that's something that parents mm. can teach mm. and, and role model mm. and that's a really easy thing you can do. Mm. Yeah, brilliant. Well, I think that's a call to arms. Ladies, thank you so much it for is. your time today. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for having us. That's Kate Jones and Mandy Hose. They're the authors of The Invisible Life of Us and hosts of the podcast, Two Peas in a Podcast. That's two spelled T-O-O. I'll let them explain <laughs> why in, in their own podcast. And we'll put links in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.